0: Good afternoon and welcome to the Thursday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll hear from Canadian Pork Council Chair Rick Bergman. And up first in today's country comment, we'll get an update on the new Manitoba Crop Alliance. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon, you're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. It's been just over two months since five of the province's commodity groups approved an amalgamation. I got the latest from Pam DeRockney, General Manager for the Manitoba Wheat and Barley Growers Association and Manitoba Corn Growers.
1: It's kind of hard to believe it's been, yeah, almost two, like, just over two months since uh, the five memberships of the five commodity organizations uh, voted in favor to amalgamate um, into the new organization which will be called the manitoba crop alliance so over the past two months um the interim board of directors have been i guess busy developing a transition plan to get us from um today i guess um to what we hope to be um we hope to be operational by august 1st of uh, 2020 this year so there's been a few moving pieces and there's been a lot of work um being done in the background and we felt we felt it was appropriate at this time to kind of give a update to the memberships in terms of what what's been happening
0: the individual crop groups are they still meeting on their own at this time
1: they are so each of the five uh, manageable commodity groups they still continue to meet they still continue to have board meetings they still continue to conduct business on behalf of their um, respective organizations um, they are still legal entities they are still representing um, their membership and that'll continue until um um, like I said before, like the target date is August first, um, in terms of when the five groups will amalgamate into the Manitoba Crop Alliance. But obviously, um, like the interim board of directors are meeting, and those are comprised of directors from the existing, I guess, five Manitoba commodity organizations. Um, but then, like you said, the other the existing five still continue to do business, um, still continue to focus on research and market development and communication activities um, for their for their uh, associations.
0: And what's the status of the, uh, the uh, designation regulation, uh, the application there?
1: Yeah, so immediately after the positive vote, um, so the following Friday, which was February 14th, um, the Manitoba Crop Alliance interim board directors submitted uh, a draft designation regulation to uh, Manitoba's Farm Products Marketing Council. So the designation regulation will allow the Manitoba Crop Alliance to collect checkoffs on the existing crop types uh, represented by the five groups. There will be no change um, of the current checkoff rates. It'll, they will be the same today, and they will be the same um, come August 1st of 2020. Um, but the magical Crop Alliance does need that designation regulation in order to collect um, checkoff on those crop types that we'll be representing. As soon as that comes into effect, then the existing five um, with the other with the five groups uh, those will become um, basically null and void. This new designation regulation will replace it. So we're kind of in the midst of um, the draft regulation being uh, reviewed, um, and then there's a whole um, like government process uh, regulatory procedure that that needs to go through in order for it to become approved. But we have started that process.
0: That was Pam Dorockney giving us an update on the new Manitoba Crop Alliance. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon, I'm Corey Canute. Canada's pork sector is facing severe market challenges. Rick Bergman is chair of the Canadian Pork Council.
2: We've had some plants uh, closed down uh, temporarily because of the COVID-19. That backs up the product on the farm and that just causes more and more problems. We're thankful that we haven't had any major continued closures like uh, our friends to the south. However, um, that said, even when, when, when they're going through some of these challenges uh, in, in the U.S. as well, that has a direct link to ramifications here in some markets in our our country.
0: Bergman discussed the issue yesterday over the phone with Federal Agriculture Minister Marie-Claude Bibeau. This week, Canadians are celebrating National Soil Conservation Week. Jim Tokarchuk is the Executive Director of the Soil Conservation Council of Canada.
3: Just reminding Canadians that we do need to be more involved in soil health. We want everybody in Canada to think about soils In the same way, they think about the air we breathe and the water that we drink. And soil is way far behind in the mindset of of most Canadians compared to air and water.
0: This year, the Conservation Council is releasing its first ever National Soil Health Report card. Manitoba chicken producers announced its Caring for Communities partnership with Winnipeg Harvest. The program is a long-term commitment to stabilize Winnipeg Harvest's protein needs. Starting in July... Manitoba chicken producers' farm families will be contributing a thousand chickens a week, and Dunrate and Exceldor Co-op will process them for distribution by Winnipeg Harvest. Due to the current COVID-19 pandemic, partners will be stepping up to provide immediate relief to vulnerable Manitoba families with a supply of three thousand chickens. And stats show that each year, more than fifteen thousand jobs in the egg industry remain vacant. A new online portal will help to connect Canadians to available jobs in the sector. AEFc has launched a new tool to link people to those jobs, especially now with so many people seeing their jobs impacted by the COVID-19 outbreak. The new government website is called Step Up to the Plate, Help Feed Canadians. The new online portal makes it easier for individuals, including students, to find jobs in their communities. That was a look at today's Farm News. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Ag Wire for Thursday, April 23rd. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, we'll hear from Canadian Pork Council Chair Rick Bergman. Joining us on the program today is Canadian Pork Council Chair Rick Bergman, who talked about some of the severe market challenges facing producers.
2: It is severe. So, uh, you know, first of all, I'll talk about the pork in Canada that gets uh, the product that gets processed here. Whenever there's a, a problem at a processing plant uh, like what we're seeing now where, where we've had some plants uh, close down uh, temporarily uh, because of the COVID-19, that backs up the product on the farm, and that just causes more and more problems. So um, we're, 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 we're thankful that we haven't had any major continued closures like uh, our friends to the south. However... Um, that said, even when, when, when they're going through some of these challenges uh, in, in the U.S. as well, that has a direct link to uh, ramifications here in, in, in um, some markets in our, in our country. So um, if you're a weanling producer um, and you would traditionally export weanlings or 50-pound pigs in the U.S. to the U.S., and their processing plants uh, are um, shackled up uh, because of, of COVID nineteen, um, and the employees go home. Uh, then the, the demand goes to zero for for the product, and that's what we're being faced with right now. So it's a very, it's a very, it's a very significant time for our pork sector here in Canada.
0: With uh, those closures in the U.S., um, would some of those animals uh, is there an opportunity for those to be processed here in Canada then or
2: well the, the animals that are uh, traditionally destined for the US market uh, are go down as <clears> 25 <throat> day old pigs so they would have to find a, a place here to get raised up in a facility a barn and and that that just doesn't happen because the barns are that, that are here are currently being used so uh, That's where there's a, a, you know, very significant um, emergency that is occurring. We're we're at the cusp of something that is extremely significant. Producers care for their animals. Producers uh, focus and take pride in the fact that product that they produce uh, not only feeds their families and their neighbors and the province, the, the country, and the world, and now we're at a, at a different point where um, some very difficult decisions are going to have to be made in regards to the family farms unless there's going to be uh, an interest by our federal government to um, help us through this very significant COVID storm.
0: That was Canadian Port Council Chair Rick Bergman. Continuing on today's Prairie Eggwire, Glendalee Allen-Vosler has another perspective on what's happening with the beef processing industry in Alberta.
4: The backlog of cattle continuing to grow as the realities of reduced shifts and temporary closures at processing plants becomes the new norm, at least for now. Dennis Laycraft is the executive vice president of the Canadian Cattlemen's Association. Of
5: course, Cargill continues to work to get... Get everything done so they can get back to operating their business, but they're still, uh, you know, certainly there's no definite time uh, frame for when that will start. Other than everyone is approaching with with uh, real urgency. Uh, where I also talked with JBS, you know, they're they're operating uh, a full shift, and you know, hopefully, you will continue to see. You know, some recovery as we move forward in terms of uh, getting back some of the capacity that's currently idle in the U.S. Uh, for our eastern producers, uh, the solderton plant in Pennsylvania has is, is reopened this week. They're processing at about 50% capacity. Uh, we continue to reach out uh, uh, to government to to talk about the the challenges immediate that our industry is facing and I know there were certainly many questions that were being asked I can say we're continuing to look at every possibility to uh, you know optimize the amount of capacity that that we can uh, available and give the give tools to our producers so they can work their way through this uh, as well as possible however right now it it is a very difficult time for uh, our, our beef cattle producers, and right now we're seeing you know, losses in, in the range of $700 ahead. head, so it's uh, urgent that there's action taken.
4: Bill Jamison with JGL Livestock says he's very concerned, adding it's getting uglier by the hour. There's real concern that the JBS plant at Brooks could be next to go dark.
2: If JBS goes down, I think we're going to see a, a shortage of product in the stores, which of course is, is another concern, but the biggest concern for the industry, the cattle industry, is this backup of cattle and how, how we manage that, and, and uh, it is it is is a big, big problem.
4: Jameson notes this is going to have a devastating effect on the industry, adding it could probably last for the next couple of years. Meantime, the union that represents workers at the Cargill plant near High River says Cargill's closure of the plant Monday was too little, too late. The union says problems it raised are also at the JBS plant in Brooks and has asked for preventative measures at the Alamel plant in Red Deer as well. The Deputy Minister of Labour and Immigration, Sean McLeod, issuing a statement at Wednesday's COVID update news conference.
3: Occupational Health and Safety is currently conducting investigations at both of these facilities. These investigations are looking at the circumstances surrounding potential exposure of workers at this facilities to the COVID-19 disease.
4: He says the investigation will include any issues of non-compliance that may have affected the health and safety of workers at the plant, There are 96 cases at the JBS plant with 440 at Cargill and a total of 580 that are linked in some way to the Cargill plant. One Cargill worker has died, a 60-year-old woman, and the union says another is in critical condition. One JBS worker has died, although AHS is investigating to see if it's from coronavirus or something else. For Golden West, I'm Glendalee Allen-Vosler.
0: Thanks, Glendalee. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email to the Desk at goldenwestradio.com. On behalf of Glendalee Allen-Vosler, I'm Corey Canute Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. Verified Beef Production Plus webinars are being held every Tuesday starting at 7 o'clock. You can email verifiedbeefmanitoba at gmail.com. The Livestock Markets Association of Canada Annual Convention has been postponed. The Animal Nutrition Conference of Canada has been postponed as well. And the Manitoba Summer Fair has been cancelled. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Thursday afternoon. This week is National Soil Conservation Week. Jim Tokarchuk is the Executive Director of the Soil Conservation Council of Canada.
3: Every third full week of, of um, April in Canada is National Soil Conservation Week. and It is an opportunity for those of us in the agriculture business and other, other parts of, uh, of Canada to uh, take a minute and think about why soil is important to us. And um, so um, this year, the Soil Conservation Council of Canada um, is, as usual, leading um, that sort of information campaign in Canada. And uh, we have three things this year that we uh, uh, want people to think about. And um, one is just uh, um, recognizing the the importance of soil health to to all of us, even if we don't farm, if we're not in the agricultural sector, 95% 95 percent of what we eat comes from soil, and soil's under a lot of pressure from climate change and, and population growth and changes in the crops and pests that we see out there. Um, and soil health provides resiliency to the soil, so that it can can manage the kinds of shocks and the increased demands that that we put on soil. Um, we. Uh, are also um, announcing in soil conservation this week um, our our work with um, uh, Doctors Mario Tenuta and Doctor David Lobb at the University of Manitoba. And what we're going to be doing on an annual basis is putting out a, a very simple report card on soil health. We started that um, last October at our summit, and there's been a lot of interest in it. So um, we're going to develop a, a, a more refined approach to doing that in the coming years and build uh, some additional partnerships across the country so that we can give a plain language snapshot of where we think soil health is in Canada each year. The the um, The other thing we're, we're, we're doing is just reminding Canadians that um, we do need to be more involved in soil health. We want everybody in Canada to think about soils in the same way they think about the air we breathe and the water that we drink and, Soil is way far behind um, in the mindset of, of most Canadians uh, compared to air and water. And one of the things that uh, that is in play is um, Senator Black, an Ontario senator, has, has proposed um, that uh, the Senate of Canada leads in in a, uh, a study that will will lead to clearer actions on, on soil health in the future. And we're using Soil Conservation Week this year to try to make more Canadians aware of that. We think it's really important. We think that um, this, um, this kind of analysis of, of soil health in Canada is overdue. It hasn't been done in 38 years, um, and it's time it was done again.
0: That was Jim Tokarchuk with the Soil Conservation Council of Canada. This week is National Soil Conservation Week. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. A number of U.S. pork processing plants have closed their doors due to COVID-19. That's having a major impact on producers here in Canada. Rick Bergman is chair of the Canadian Pork Council.
2: If you're a weanling producer... um and you would traditionally export weanlings or 50-pound pigs to the U.S., and their processing plants are um, shackled up uh, because of, of COVID-19, and the employees go home, then the, the demand goes to zero for, for the product. And that's what we're being faced with right now. It's a very significant time for our pork sector here in Canada.
0: Bergman discussed the issue yesterday over the phone with Federal Ag Minister Marie-Claude Bibeau. And on that note, Tyson Fresh Meats announced plans this week to indefinitely suspend operations at its Waterloo, Iowa pork plant. The company's largest pork plant has been running at reduced levels of production due to worker absenteeism and will stop production midweek until further notice. And the Soil Conservation Council of Canada is doing something new this year. Here's Executive Director Jim Tokarchuk.
3: What we're going to be doing on an annual basis is putting out a a very simple report card on soil health. We started that um, last October at our summit and it's been a lot of interest in it. So we're going to develop a, a more refined approach to doing that in the coming years and build some additional partnerships across the country so that we can give a plain language snapshot of where we think soil health is in Canada each year.
0: This week is National Soil Conservation Week. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program.